November 15th, 2023. We're in Masechet on about 13 lines from the top, the third word on the line where it says, or the second word, Viregel. Uh, this morning's class and the classes throughout the week are donated by A.B. Cohen in memory of his grandmother, Annette Cohen, Haya Bat Le'ah, Alea Shalom Hachaim. Amen. Uh, so the Gemara, if you recall, is in the midst of talking about those opinions, Rav and Shemuel, as to the definition of Mav'eh, the third of the four primary avot, categories of Nizikin, was Mav'eh, and it was never explicit, at least in the Mishnah, as to what that refers to. Rav suggested it refers to Adam Hamazik, a human being who damages the property of another. That's what the word Mav'eh was referring to. Alternatively, Shimuel suggested it refers to Shem, literally translated as tooth, but it means that when your property in a beneficial way, in a way in which it uh, derives some sort of pleasure, damages another, that's what shen is. The Gemara, in turn, uh, dealt with each of their opinions, what's the strength, what's the weakness of each of those two opinions. And what the Gemara arrived at with regards to the opinion of Rav, again, the opinion who maintains that Mav'em means Adam, is his claim against Shemuel is that it's a difficult reading of the Mishnah. After all, the Mishnah mentions four avot. Hashor, that's an ox, bor, that's a pit, mav'eh, that's a something, and then hev'eh is fire. It says Rav to Shemuel, if mav'eh, as you're claiming, is a type of animal damage, meaning with the tooth, wasn't that included in the first word, in the shor of the Mishnah? That was the claim of Rav to Shemuel. Shor was kol mileh de shor. It was all matters incorporated in Shor. That was the question to Shemuel. And so the Gemara suggested Rav Yehuda was defending his colleague Shemuel. Uh, he said, uh, I'll tell you how Shemuel would, or excuse me, his rabbi Shemuel, I'll tell you how Shemuel would explain the Mishnah. He would say, Shor is a reference to Keren, to when an animal gores another. Then when it says Mav'eh, that's a reference to Shen, that's when it eats or benefits through the damage. And that was the suggestion. So Shor is a lot more narrow than we expected. We thought it meant all matters of animals. It really only refers to goring, Keren. Uh, when you get to Mav'eh, that's Shen. Of course, the question is, we had learned already, there are three subcategories, or three categories when it comes to Shor, and they are Shen, Keren and Regel. Regel is when the animal tramples. What happened to that one? You see, according to Rav, who maintains that Mav'eh is Adam, so he says, sure, has all three of those incorporated in it. You say ox, it means anything of ox. But according to Shemuel, where it's more narrow, so I get that you have a reference, veiled reference to Keren in the word Shor. I understand you have some sort of reference to Shen in the word Mav'eh, but what happened to Regel? What happened to trampling? That's the Gemara's question in turn. On Shemuel says the Gemara, Ve'regel ma'ishiyere? Question mark. Why is Leshayer means to leave out? Why is Regel left out of the count? Why is it left out of the categories mentioned in the Mishnah with regards to Avot Nezikin, primary categories of damage. Answers the Gemara, quote, Keshehezik Havamazik, unquote, Le'atuye Regel. Both at the end of our Mishnah, on Daf Beta Mudalf, the Mishnah that we learned, as well as, as Tosafot points out, the Mishnah on Daf Tet, Amud Bet, you have these final words which seem to be unnecessarily mentioned. They say, Keshehezik, Hav hamazik uh, When there is damage, 
the damager is obligated to pay. Well, of course, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about obligatory payments for someone who damaged. Why do you have those words at the end of the Mishnah? But not only at the end of our first Mishnah, where maybe you'll say we're getting everything very clear and we're spelling it out in a pristine fashion. You should know these are the primary categories. What happens if you damage? You have to pay. But again, as Tosafot points out on Daftet, we have another Mishnah which repeats those words. Those are funny words to repeat. And I'm teaching you a lesson. I'm uh, constructing the literature on Nizikin, on damages. I'm going to repeatedly tell you. And when you damage, you have to pay. I'm giving you all the details. I don't have to repeat the simple statement. Suggest the Gemara, those words, Kishihizik, Hav Hamazik Lishalim, when you damage, you're obligated to pay. Those are code words. What are those code words for? At the very least, the second time they're mentioned, suggests Tosafot. They're code words for Regev. They're code words for the third type of animal damage to another. So again, you read the Mishnah, there's lots of codes going on at this point, according to Shimuel. Shor means kerim, goring. Mav'eh means shen, the tooth, the eating, the beneficial damage. Then go to the next Mishnah and the final words in it, kishihizik, when you damage, hava mazik lishalem, you're obligated to pay. Oh, that's a reference to, well, the third one. How do you know? Well, it's extra words in the Mishnah. Go Can't be there. Avot nizikin. And the first Mishnah does conclude on those Avot Nezikim, Kishi Hezik, Hava Mazik Lishalim. Regel, listen, everybody's going to agree it's kind of part of Shor, but it's not when the Mishnah says the word Shor, it's not referring to that. It's hidden. The Gemara, of course, later on. I mean, listen, later on for me and you is seven Dapim in in the middle. For them, it's one Mishnah to the next Mishnah, you know. But anyway, the Gemara. Animal bites, but it's not benefiting. That's Kerin. If there's no benefit, we saw that. That's Nishicha and Revitza and all those other things. Yeah, that's that's Kerin. No, no. is the obligations of the Adam. Of course, we're always talking. We're not talking about animals paying. We're talking about human beings paying. The question is, when you were mazik, in what fashion, in what way? That's with an animal, which is trampling. Says the Gemara, If this is the case, why are we playing code game? We have all those sorts of words in the Gemara all the time they mean to teach. It should have been taught, means explicitly. It should have been explicitly mentioned. Is there any reason to veil or to hide, make it a mystery where regel is found? I mean, if it's... If it's a prime, and if anything, regel, the Gemara has told us so many times, it will repeatedly tell us, is the most common form of damage from your property. It's when it tramples. I mean, that's pretty common. That's the one you had to hide? Says the Gemara, it has to be a different answer. Again, what are we, what's at stake? We can't find reference of regel, the typical damage of an animal, when it tramples according to the opinion of Shemuel. Whereas according to Rav, everything falls under the word shor, the primary category of animal, ox, it's all there. That's if it eats, that's if it bites, that's if it sits, if it tramples, and so on and so forth. That's all there. And when it comes to this one, when it comes to the opinion of Shimuel, we can't find Rege. We suggest that it's hidden in those words. We can't accept it because why should it be hidden? Ela Rava, Ela Amar Rava, Tana Shor 
Now, initially, it'll seem like we're going down the same rabbit hole, but uh, let, let him uh, spell it fully out. Says Rava, according to that opinion of Shemuel, where the word Mav'eh is a reference to Shin, Shor, we had assumed, was a reference to Goring, Keren, we're instead suggesting Shor is a reference to Regel. So here's how the Mishnah reads. Four primary uh, categories of damages. Number one, sure. What's that referring to? Trampling. Uh, it makes sense. That's the primary, normal way of damaging. Bor, okay, pit, anything, all that sort of business. Number three, of course, we're missing one now. Which one are we missing? Now, once we flesh this all out, I'm going to tell you already from now, we're going to ask the same question. We say, why playing code name? Why playing code game? You're going to tell me Kerin is incorporated as well. You're going to go the same direction in. Why hide it? Can anyone come up with the answer from now? What? Because it's not Mu'ad Mitahilato, indeed. So says Jared, I'm sorry, Eli's not here, you take his place. Um, anyways, the Gemara, but I, I say up for it. The Gemara was saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I'm joking, I'm joking. I did. Listen, I did. Anyway, so the, the Gemara will suggest for Rava will answer that the reason we encode it and we don't explicitly state Keren, this one we can figure out a reason. Keren is the funny one. Keren is the different one. Remember, goring, first and foremost, we assume is not the standard way of damaging. Trampling and eating is. Goring is in fury. Goring is not common. Furthermore, the Torah says with regards to Keren, you start off paying only half and only after doing it three times do you pay full amount. That's what we call it starts as Tam. Tam is an animal which hasn't gored yet three times, pays half payment. And then when it becomes Mu'ad, after three times, only then does it pay full payment. So which of these things is not like the other? Clearly, Shin and Regal are more similar. They're A, more typical. B, they pay full amount from the beginning for that reason. Keren is different. So if you're going to say, I want to teach this lesson in a beautifully structured Mishnah, I'm going to say, let me put all the things that are similar initially, and then I'll encode it with the fifth one or the fourth one. I'll just throw it in over there. I don't want you to see it right away. It won't match, but it's there, and that will be Keren. So in other words, the Gemara will have an answer as to why Keren is not explicit. It's rather only hinted. But let the Gemara get this. The author of the Mishnah taught Shor, which is for Raglo, Umav'eh, which is for Shino. So again, Shor now is the trampling. Mav'eh is the eating still, as Shemuel told us. And now let's understand when the Mishnah says you couldn't derive one from the other. Remember those words in the Mishnah? This one's not like that one because this one has that severity and that one has this severity. The severity, the reason regel might be more severe, had the Torah just taught us regel, we wouldn't know shen, is because regel is the most common. The most common damage of an animal, of property to another's, is the trampling. And therefore, of course you're responsible for that. You should have known better. Everybody's animal tramples. What else do they do? There you're obligated. I wouldn't know that if it ate as well. Oh, but so then just teach me shen. And uh, you couldn't just teach me the eating of an animal to the field, the Hana'a situation, uh, because if you had just taught me that, I would have said the reason you're obligated over there, its severity, what we call its humrah, is that there's benefit when it eats. 
as opposed to regel. Trampling doesn't derive any benefit for the animal. Or is that we're just filling out how to read the words in the Mishnah. We're left with what I told you a moment ago. So keren, the goring now is left out. Why is it left out? L'shayir means to leave out. Why is it left out? Answers the Gemara, quote, Rava, keshezik, hava mazik. Those words, when it damages, when your property damages, you are obligated to pay, le'atuye, le'atuye means to include, keren, it comes to include keren, uh, so that's what said, Gemara has the basic question, which Jared already answered, velitniye behedya, then why didn't we just explicitly teach keren, I got how to read the Mishnah now, the Mishnah reads as follows, shor equals regel, is the trampling, mav'eh equals shem, is the eating, Benefiting. One is typical, one gives benefit. Understood. What happened to Keren? That's in the final words of the second Mishnah of Keshezik, Hav Hamazik Leshalem. Why don't you just explicitly say that? Why isn't it in the Avot Nezikin? Why isn't it spelled out in, uh, black on white? Answers the Gemara, The Mishnah is talking about Mu'adin. Again, the word Mu'ad, I guess the best translation would be forewarned. Literally, I, I think the word Mu'ad is Milashon Mu'ed. Mu'ed is time. It's, it's done it several times. Because if your animal is already gored three times, you're forewarned. You should know better. Mu'ad is an animal which has done it three times, and in turn, you have full obligation. Our Mishnah is talking about things where you're forewarned. Uh, what sort of things? If your animal tramples, forewarned, you should have known better. Our Mishnah is talking about where your animal eats, you're forewarned, you should have known better. The goring, you have three times to learn your lesson on that. Our Mishnah is not talking about that. But Mu'adin mitahilatan kamayere. Kamayere means it's taking place, it's dealing with. Our Mishnah is talking about cases where you're liable from the beginning to full amount, bitamin in circumstances where it starts off as a half payment, as not forewarned, ulubasof mu'adin, and only by doing it three times does it become considered forewarned, la kamayere, it is not dealing with our Mishnah. So it means we've then dealt with the technicalities, stage two or stage three, in terms of the mahluk between Rav and Shimuel. First time damage, first time full payment damages. Uh, that's Mu'adin in our Mishnah. Uh, so the Gemara had gotten into this whole mess by initially asking what is the definition of Mav'eh. Then we turned to Rav and we said, Rav, you maintain that Mav'eh means Adam is a human being who damages the property of another. How come you don't like Shemuel? What's wrong with Shemuel's interpretation? So we tried with Pesukim, but ultimately speaking, we said the reason Rav doesn't like it is because as we started the class today, Shor means everything in Shor. Okay, we got your claim, Rav. Shemuel weaseled his way out of it. I'm not sure, you know, it's encoded. All right, we'll give him. Shemuel, you have to weasel your way out of this. Why don't you give a more easy interpretation, like Rav? Why don't you just say that the word Mav'eh refers to Adam? What an easier time. Would you not? We both have Pesukim. You have Imtiv'ayun Be'ayu. There's a Pasuk that refers to human beings as a Bo'eh in that respect. Ushmuel, Maita'ama, Lo Amar Kerav. Is there some reason why Shemuel felt more comfortable saying? that mav'eh refers to shin, to the beneficial side of an animal damaging as opposed to Adam, a human being damaging, like Rav. Amalecha answers the Gemara for Shemuel, Isalka da'atach Adam ha'katane sefa shor ha'mu'ad, 
ושור המזיק ורשות הנזק והאדם. Shemuel, we have an explicit Mishnah later on. And this explicit Mishnah later on teaches on Daftet Vav the following, the Mishnah over there spells out kind of what we discussed a moment or two ago. Mishnah over there says there are some things which you don't initially pay full payment. But there are many things which initially, from the first time damage, you pay full payment. What are they? Here's the list. Number one, Shor HaMu'ad. What's the case? We just discussed it. It's an animal which has gored in a public area, out on Avenue U, on Ocean Parkway, whatever, uh, three times, and the fourth time, full liability for damaging the property of another. That's Shor HaMu'ad. The next one, Shor HaMazik Birshut HaNizak. What's that a reference to? That's a reference to the following. Your animal, my animal, goes onto your property, and it enters into your property. It doesn't eat, and it doesn't even trample but it finds one of your animals. So it's my dog goes onto your property and it, my dog uh, gores into your dog or something like that, or my ox uh, gores into your cow. Uh, so by so doing, you'd say, all right, I got three times until I'm forewarned and not so fast. That's only if it did it in a public area. If it entered into a private domain onto your property and it gores your animal on your property, the opinion of this Mishnah, Rashi explains, that's the opinion of Rabbi Tarfon, the opinion of this Mishnah is you pay full liability from the beginning. What's the logic? I mean, it's somewhat easy over here. That's not something that we can say you're not forewarned. Your animal wandered off onto someone else's property and gored over there, oh, you're paying from the beginning the full amount. It's out in the public area and you're not used to doing that and you're walking with it or whatever and it gored, I'll give you three times. It goes on to another person's property. That's the next case. That's Shor HaMazik Birshut HaNizak. It's a ox which damages on the property in the domain, the Reshut HaNizak of the person who got damaged. And the third on that list, of course, is Veha Adam, a human being, a human being who damages. You're forewarned. You can't hurt another person. You can't ruin their property. Uh, you, you don't have any excuses. You should have known better, and you'll have to pay full amount. So effectively, the Gemara is citing this Mishnah. It's quoting this Mishnah from Dat Tetvav to explain the opinion of Shemuel. Shemuel says to Rav, says, listen, Rav. You're telling me that the first Mishnah mentions Mav'eh, and it really refers to a human being who damages? Not so fast. We have a Mishnah later on, which explicitly spells out Adam. It says there are three Mu'adim Mithilatam, three cases where you pay full amount, and the third is Adam. What's that? In the Gemara in general? In that Mishnah? Oh, we'll deal with it on that tape. Does it cover if the animal brought onto the property? Brought as well. What's that? Does it cover if the owner brought the animal onto the property? With permission? If, yeah, with permission. Uh, we'll deal with that. Okay. That's, that's far from simple, but uh, good question. All right, anyway, since the Gemara, uh, if that's the case, Vilitne Beresha, uh, it's a beautiful claim, Shimuel to Rav, but I am not so, so, I'm not so certain about that. Keep in mind, we're calling the first part of the Mishnah on page one, and the second part of the Mishnah on page 15, on Daftet Vav, we're calling it uh, beginning and end. We're calling it Resha and Sefa. But basically, the Gemara says, listen, the fact that it says it over there doesn't preclude uh, the fact that it could mention it at the beginning. I can be in a conversation with you. I say, listen, there are four primary categories. One of them is a human being. And then I talk about them for a minute or two. And then I finish. I say, let me summarize for you. A human being is similar to an animal in this respect and that respect and etc." 
doesn't mean that the fact that it says it later on, it can't be mentioned in our first Mishnah. So the Gemara's counterclaim to Shemuel is, Vilitne Bereshah, I could say it in the Reshah as well, answers the Gemara for Shemuel, it's a, a solid claim. It's a, it's a, a cogent argument of Shemuel. Shemuel says, let's just look at context. Context clues can prove everything for us. Let's look at the four that are mentioned in the Mishnah, the three that we know what they are, and the one that we don't know what it is. Number one, shor, property. Number two, bor, property. Number four, fire, property. Number three, what is it? It makes sense that if I have an option to say it's property, as opposed to me myself, it's going to be referring to property. So in other words, he's not disagreeing. Let's repeat that again. They're not disagreeing fundamentally. Everybody agrees. If a human being damages, he's liable. Everybody agrees that the tooth, if the animal eats, it's liable. The question is, what's the Mishnah talking about? We're playing an encoding game. We're trying to figure out what was the reference to. It says Shemuel, well, I'll look at context. Context is everything. Context is that we're dealing with Beniske Mamon, which literally means the damage of your property. With the damages of your own body, that's not what we were dealing with in the Mishnah. Well, Shemuel, pretty good claim. Shemuel's claim against Rav, that the word Mav'eh refers to Shin, to an animal, damages in a beneficial way for itself, makes a lot of sense. He's just playing cont- contextual clue game. V'rav nameha katane adam besefa, amar lecha rav, ha'hu namachsheveh bahademu adin hu de'ata. So the Gemara understands, accepts Shemuel's claim, and turns to Rav and asks Rav, Rav, can we go back to the question that Shemuel posed initially? His question was that Adam is explicitly stated on Daftet Vav, in the Mishnah on page 15, how come you need it as well, encoded in the word Mav'eh on page 2, on, on the first page, the first half of the Masechet, answers the Gemara for Rav, the reason, as we just articulated, it's mentioned again on Daftet Vav, is only to give a summary, is only to explain the unique as- attribute of Adam. What's unique about Adam as opposed to other things? Mu'ad mitahilato, pays full damage from the beginning. Uh, so that uh, being the case, we've now settled to a certain extent the back and forth technicalities between Rav and Shimuel. We want to just finish one more thing over here. We want to finish what is it when the next words in the Mishnah, we've repeated them a lot of times, say, this case can't be learned from that case, and that case can't be learned from this case. Remember those words in the Mishnah, all those words, those words meant again, if I just Torah mentioned A, you wouldn't be able to derive B. A has severities to it. If I just mentioned B, you wouldn't be able to derive A. Uh, so we filled that out according to Shimuel. What we say according to Shimuel, we said, listen, and Shor means either Initially, we thought it meant keren or regal. We explained why they can't be derived one from the other. Now, according to Rav, that the word mav'eh refers to Adam, a human being. Let's explain those words. Umay lohare, quote unquote, question mark. What did the words in the Mishnah mean when they said, and this one is not like that one, and you can't learn one from the other, and again, what we call the, 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 the mechanism called binyan av, deriving laws from one case to another. Hacheka amai, this is what the Mishnah meant to say. Lori'i hashor shemeshalem et hakofir, kiri'i ha'adam she'en meshalem et hakofir, velori'i ha'adam she'haya ba'arba'a devarim, kiri'i hashor she'en ba'arba'a devarim, Period. Uh, so let's uh, define these words. There's two new concepts in here. We'll in turn understand each of these uh, things. Concept number one called kofir. Kofir sounds a lot like the word kapara. 
Anyone who learned Masechet uh, Makot knows this from Daf Bet Amud Bet. But the Kapara, of course, means atonement. There's a question about the nature of Kofir. But what is Kofir? The Torah teaches the following. If someone's ox kills a person, kills, not damages an, an, another animal, but kills a person, the Torah says the following. The animal is stoned to death, and the owner gets put to death as well. Then the next pasuk in the Torah says, Im kofir yushatalav. However, what the owner of the animal can do is pay a ransom fee. He pays a value. How do you evaluate that? That's a dispute. That's a mahloket. But that's what's called kofir. Kofir again means, I'm not just paying for the loss. I'm furthermore paying an extra amount, some sort of ransom amount, in order to, so to speak, save my life. That's the way the Torah says it. You find this concept of kofir only in such a situation where an animal kills another. Human beings, lo'alenu, kill another human being. There's no kofir to be paid. You did it accidentally, you're running to a city of refuge, to an miklat. You did it purposefully, getting put to death with mitat herig, herig, saif. So you're getting put to death by being beheaded. Uh, that's what's going to happen. Only by animals do you have this added, so to speak, penalty called kofir. That's a severity, when it kills. But it means there's a severity in it of itself when it comes. What's that? It does not have to be mu'at. And it doesn't even have to only be kerin. It could be you did it by shore. It trampled another human being, a human being. It gets uh, put to death and the, and the owner pays kofir as well. It could be by shen even. So again, kofir, there is a question how to define kofir, if, if kofir is a kapara or if kofir is mamon, if it's going to be considered knas or not. But ultimately speaking, I'm just telling you, it's an above and beyond payment because you're already paying the value of what was lost. That's nizikin, that's, that's, that's the mamon. This is above and beyond. How you qualify it, again, mahlokit, and, and, and in several, and we'll see it in Masih Bavakama as well. But ultimately speaking, it's an added severity. That's the most important point. Mamon is just value of, of what was damaged. No, no, what was damaged. Call for this question, how you evaluate it, but ultimately speaking, what I'm saying is, the reason the Gemara mentions this over here is because the Gemara says, had the Torah just told you if an animal damages another, that you're liable, you would say, oh, of course, animals, they're very severe. Don't you know? Animals have this added principle, this concept known as kofir. Ooh, I don't know if we would apply this to human beings. Human beings don't have kofir. Maybe damages only applies to animals. That's why you need it to be mentioned both by shor and by human beings. So then just teach by human beings. The Torah can teach me the following. The Torah says if a human being damages another, he pays, and in turn, I'll say, and of course, if his property damages, or the property has kofir, etc., I, I should be able to derive that as well. So that's the concept, that's the second concept we saw mentioned here, before we read it again, called the Arba'ad Devarim. Arba'ad Devarim refers to, it's the first Mishnah in the eighth chapter, eighth parak of Masech Bava Kama, Ha'hovel Bahaviroth, a person damages another person, not their property, a person. There's a fight, and one guy uh, swings and uh, punches out the other guy. He doesn't just pay the damage, he pays four additional charges. Sa'ar, the pain that he caused. How do you determine that? The Gemara will explain. Shevet, how much work will he miss as a result of this? That's why you have to determine that. Boshet, what's his embarrassment because of the black eye or the damage to his body now? How do you determine? The Gemara explains. And lastly, Ripui, Ripui means the medical bills. 
Those four additional charges are only when a human being damages a human being. They derive that from a pasuk, as Rashi cites on Dafkavav. The pasuk says, Ki iten ish amito. And the pasuk describes when a human being puts a mum, puts a blemish in a person. Ish veloshor. So it means that only when a human being damages another do you have these additional four charges. Now again, why is this being mentioned now with Gemara? For the following reason. We're trying to understand the final words of our Mishnah. Final words of our Mishnah say, you should know Shor is more severe in some ways than Adam, than Mav'eh. We're reading it according to Rav. And Mav'eh, Adam, is more severe than Shor in some ways. Which way are each of them more severe than the other? Oh, that's what we're filling out. We're saying Shor is more severe than Adam because of Kofir. And Adam is more severe than Shor in Arba'ad Devarim. No. Only if an animal kills a human being. No. Yes. Says the Gemara, Umay lo This is how you read those words. Now we understand those words. That a shor cannot be um, the paradigm from which you learn other cases from, even Adam, because you're Mishalem et You pay the kofir. That additional payment. Again, we defined what those arba'ad devarim are. Sa'ar, shevet, boshet, and ripui. Those are the words that we uh, have seen and, and explained thus far. The final words of the Mishnah says the Gemara, now that we've dealt with the technicalities a little bit more, what are the final words of the Mishnah? Listen to the final words of the Mishnah. What's the common denominator between these cases? That their way, it's typical for them to damage others. Says the Gemara, wait a second, indeed. Question mark. Now, what the Gemara now, as Rashi helps us with this, asks is only on Rav. Let me repeat again. According to Shimuel, our first Mishnah has the following two cases by animals included. Number one, trampling. Is that a normal thing? Absolutely. Animals trample all the time. They walk all around. Number two, eating. Animals eating free food, seemingly free food on the side. Very typical. The third case is not in our first Mishnah, according to Shimuel. The third case is, she, is excuse yes. me, is, is Kerin, is when it gores. That's only listed, encoded later on at Daftet. Shen, it's not that it's, 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 Shen is not, it, it's not his, it's not hezekomatsui because it's not a regular hezek. It is common, it's just common that it does a derechana'ah. Do you follow? In other words, we, the defining attribute of regel is that hezekomatsui with regards to the fact that it's damaging in a typical fashion. Shen is eating, it's just the derivative is that it damages. It's no kavanah lahazik. It's only going to be a question, explains Rashi over here, on Rav. Rav, who has included in Shor, that first word, even goring, goring is not common. So the words in our Mishnah don't read straight. How do you explain those words? The tzad hashaveh, the common denominator of all these cases. You want to know, am I going to be liable for damage or not? Oh, if it's a case where it normally will gore, you're going to be liable. Okay, then it's not normal uh, damage. Says the Gemara again, quote, quoting from the Mishnah, tzad hashaveh unquote. Those were the words in our Mishnah. Says the Gemara, Rav, I don't understand how you read this. 
Kidding. Shimuel says, that's right. According to Shimuel, it's only shin and regal, which are very typical. Shin is not a typical damage, but it's a typical way of bringing forth damage. Says the Gemara is shor, which is kidin, according to Rav. The Gemara doesn't spell this all out. This is the way you need to read it. You could read it in Rashi, five lines from the bottom. Rashi writes, the kaparich, and the Gemara questions. This is a question. That he explained that the word shor includes everything that an animal might do. How can you say in the goring case, how can you possibly make the claim that it's normal for to them? According to Shmuel, there's no difficulty. Drew a different answer of Rashi. Because the way the Mishnah reads, okay, let's, let's leave, it, leave it the way we left it. Effectively, the answer of yes. the Gemara. That's basically what the Gemara answers. Says the Gemara, Chishor dar kol hazik. Answers the Gemara bemuad. Yes, when keren becomes conditioned to goring, then it's normal for it to damage. <laughs> Says the Gemara, umuad dar kol hazik. Really, even when it's conditioned, it's normal for it to to damage. Says the Gemara, indeed, once it's been forewarned, once it's done it three times, you have to realize this is the normal way of this animal. It's a wild and, 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 and out of control animal, and as a result, it's even that is Darkola Hazik. I'll just begin the next question of the Gemara. Says the Gemara, so you've defined everything for me, but wait a second, Rav. Excuse me, Rav, you told me that Adam is the definition of Mav'eh. Are human beings, when you look at a human being, and don't answer if you think the answer is yes, you look at a human being, you say, That's a normal, typical way that we damage property of others? The Gemara's next question is, Adam That's crazy. Come on, human beings, that's not the normal fashion. But in some way or another. I don't believe the answer.